Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Rose. Today, I have a really cool interview with Brian Von Aiken, who is a total wellness facilitator and previously founded a mindful social workout called Anchor. He's currently the head of partnerships at Othership, which you guys have probably heard me talk about already, or at least seen it on my Instagram story. It's a music-driven guided breathwork app which I'm currently obsessed with because I've never been able to follow along with a breathwork, like guided breathwork, unless someone is there in person guiding me. And this one is just so easy to follow. The music is wonderful. The, like, the way they have the breathing structured on there makes it really easy to understand what you're supposed to be doing so that you can really just like participate rather than trying to think about or figure out what you're supposed to actually be doing. I'm obsessed. Anyways, Brian was also an early employee at Tough Mudder, um, and he helped build a men's emotional wellness organization, Everyman. He is certified in emotional wellness facilitation, breathwork, and group fitness, and he also has a bachelor's from Tufts University and a JD from Brooklyn Law School. Brian's mantra is know yourself and have fun. So I know you guys are going to love this episode, especially for those of you who are looking for expanders with masculine energy. Um, I think it's really cool for me is I have some limiting beliefs around men having emotional intelligence, doing this deep inner work. And Brian is such a great representation of that masculine energy. Before we dive into this episode, I have a quick announcement for you guys. So if you haven't already heard, something big is dropping on April 4th. I'm so excited about it because I'm partnering with one of my dear friends, Megan Toner. She's been on the podcast before. She's such a beautiful energy. She's a shaman, a healer, and we're going to do some really incredible things together. So definitely, if you're not ready, get yourself on my email list. You can do that. Um, I'm going to put the aligned wellness or not the aligned wellness guide, sorry, um, the alignment guide in the show notes. If you opt into the alignment guide, you're going to get my newsletter every week. This coming Monday, big announcement. Stay tuned. Let's dive into the episode. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and your journey with the Raise Your Vibration podcast audience. Uh, Before we dive into our conversation today, would you mind sharing just a little bit about who you are, what you're doing right now, what you're excited about right now, and kind of how you got to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. So I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Brian and I'm currently head of partnerships at a new breathwork app called Othership. 
we're helping people kind of take care of themselves and shift their state through the amazing practice of breath work. Think of it like a calmer headspace for breath work. The how I got here is a little harder, um, but I like to think of it as um, I grew up as somebody who was, um, I call it, I lived the should life. So mm-hmm. for a long time, I kind of did what was expected of me. Um, I got good grades in high school. I went to a good school and college. Uh, I got a good job at a startup and then, you know, married my college sweetheart and just kind of like followed this path that I felt like was laid out for me, like it was expected of me. And mm-hmm. it's something that uh, I didn't really even know I was doing until I was knocked off that path when I was um you know, in my late twenties, uh, I got married pretty young. I actually experienced, um, miscarriages and divorce. Uh, It was something that I didn't really expect, uh, didn't really know how to deal with at all. And that kind of, uh, put me on a path that I started to take care of myself more. I started to learn more about what I actually wanted. And so, um, that's a very, short way of putting a longer story, which, which I'm happy to get into. Well, I think it's just interesting, you know, both you and I just had our conversation with Robbie, who's the founder of the Othership app. You both seem, and and myself actually as well, we followed these paths until like our mid to late twenties, where we're checking the boxes, we're fulfilling what society tells us to do. And then all of a sudden it seems like there's this these things that are out of control, our control that happen to almost redirect our lives in a really big way. And so I can't imagine that like heartache of experiencing miscarriages and divorce, like that sounds like it was a really difficult thing, but what's your perspective of it now that you've had years or time and space to kind of reflect back on it? Like what has that changed for you at all that perception of the experience? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, to some degree there's, um, I, I really think it comes down to ownership, which is, um, a word that has just been really important to me over the past couple of years, where when we are following these paths that other people lay out for us, we, to some degree, even if it's subconsciously are not taking full ownership of our life. And then when we experience these external events that knock us off and give us that moment of reflection, it gives us the opportunity to then take more ownership. And so I wouldn't say I'm at the point where I'm like grateful for what happened yet. I hope I can get to that point, but I know that um, it was really important for me to take what happened to me and, you know, make lemonade out of lemons, so to speak, and Mm -hmm. use it as an opportunity to go inward, to get to know myself better, to take care of my mental and emotional health in a way that school never, ever taught me to do, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. It's, it's so crazy to me, actually, the school systems and how it's set up. Like I was just having this conversation with a friend the other day. I was like, we learn so much stuff that in real life really isn't useful. It's, it, it's, it's knowledge. It's, it, it's important to understand how to do math and all these things, but also it's not really useful in life. You don't understand how to be an actual human. It's kind of just like that programming that like going through the motions of every day. Like you don't have a chance to reflect or think, or actually be a decent human being. I think about how I was in my early twenties and teens. I was just a shitty human being, like full mm-hmm 
crappy human being didn't care about other people cared about myself only because I didn't have the opportunity to actually reflect on like, who do I want to be in the world? Why am I so reactive? Why do I have these responses? So I think that's really interesting. You brought that up. Yeah. Um, Just really quick on that. Like, I, I think that yeah. for, for me, it's, it's so fascinating to see how good we get at regurgitating facts Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting to think about how the system is built on a pre-internet world, right? Whereas the facts that we're conditioned to learn now are available at you know the click of a button. And so when will the system catch up to the differentiator and what humanity ultimately will, will be defined at now is our ability for creativity, our mm-hmm. ability for emotional intelligence and reflection. And like those are the skills that will differentiate us as, as the machines just get more and more advanced. And when will the school systems um, get to that point? There's a couple interesting programs out there that I think are experimenting with stuff like that. It's just the, the problem is that for a lot of these, what I'll call soft skills, it's very hard to measure them, right? So it's hard to objectively give you a grade in your emotional intelligence. And that's where it gets tripped up because we have to have these systems that give us grades that then allow us mm-hmm. to sort ourselves to be able to go into the right colleges and stuff like that. So I, I think that there's things that are being developed to try to quantify that a little bit better for people, but um, it is the wild, wild west out there. And it's very interesting to see different things like us that come up and we're, we see ourselves very much as an educational platform to some degree, because you know, breathwork is not something that a lot of people maybe grew up with, but once you learn a little bit about it, you understand, oh my gosh, it's something I do obviously every day, all the time. You know, it's, it's actually funny. I like to think of it like, um, if you were failing at something that you did all the time, like, wouldn't you spend all your time on it? It's like, we spend so much time on our appearance. We spend so much time on making sure that our things that we have look good, but it's like, none of us think about our breath. And a lot of us you know, objectively, the way that we're breathing is not serving us. Like we're, mm. you know, breathing in short breaths, we're maybe over breathing. Uh, it's just this trickle down effect into all different health conditions. It's, it's keeping us in stressed out states. And it's like, just to be able to put a microscope on that. I mean, there's so much that you can learn. Well, and it's, it's almost like that something like that seems like such a useful skill, just tying it kind of back to the school stuff. It's, and it's also science backed. It's not just, and not to say that, you know, emotional health is very much so science backed too, but you have these statistics and facts that people really can't argue. You know, I think sometimes these things are seen as out there or different or by mainstream society. And that's, I actually love what you guys are doing by making it more of a mainstream accessible tool. But when you can tie that scientific evidence, it'll reach more of the general population and maybe start to shift some of these things that are big issues. Yes. And I totally agree with that. And every single track on our app is uh, actually lists the science that backs up each individual technique. But the thing that I do want to also flag is that science can be kind of boring sometimes. (laughs) If 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 you're just scientific... Yes. people's eyes glaze over. Right. And uh-huh. so like, I think the, the, the real art is being able to, you know, present something that's science back, but also to make it cool, to make it accessible, to make it fun, mm-hmm. like to put music behind it. Like we, we really feel like uh, it's important for us 
to be practicing the science-based modality, but to do it in a way that feels fun, feels creative, feels exciting, feels communal. And so we find a lot of people when they try our app for the first time, they're just like, wow, that's like the first time I've ever done a soul cycle class. Or it's like, you know, it, yeah. it brings people back to this, something they've never done before. And it feels mm-hmm. very new and different and interesting and exciting which is um, important because like, ultimately we want people to do these things, but if you just, you know, get up on the top, get a chalkboard and you're, you're a professor writing like the benefits, you know, like I said, people are just going to not pay attention. So totally. It's like, I, I was a registered dietitian. I don't know if you knew that, but I would teach wellness classes to veterans. <laughs> so these older gentlemen who, and, and some females as well, but mostly older gentlemen. And I would, you know, you try to talk about the the scientific stuff, but they didn't care about that. It's like, how can you actually connect this so that they start to care about it? It's like, well, do you want to feel good for your grandkids? Do you want to have some of that joint pain gone? Like, let's talk about how nutrition can impact that rather than, yeah, I know it's good for me, but then how do I shift my habits around it? If I don't yeah really find it engaging or interesting or applicable to my life. Like, yeah, I want to be healthy, but what are the day-to-day stuff that it's going to impact? I want to be more alert and connected and present in my life. But unless you're tying that scientific stuff to stuff that people are really seeing in their day-to-day, it's hard to engage someone in it. 100%. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, this guy, James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, has has laid it out very clearly on how much behavior change is linked to identity. And if you're Mm -hmm. able to create an identity, I actually like to think of it more as vision. So I've been reading this book um, called The 15 Principles of Conscious Leadership by Jim Detmer. And um, they have this brilliant conscious leadership group where they, um, they talk about behavior change and how vision is such an important component of it and, and getting really granular. And it's like in, in the, the nutrition sense, right? Imagine yourself in a couple of years, reaching down to your grandkids and not feeling that knee pain and seeing mm-hmm. the jo- joy in their eyes as you throw them in the air and linking them to that so that you're, you're right. Then the rest of it can kind of feed in and they feel that motivation of the vision pulling them. And, yes. uh, so yeah, I, f- I find that stuff just fascinating because we're, we're all at the end of the day, I think so many of us in the wellness space are, are just interested in, in behavior change. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a multifaceted approach. It does not come. Sadly, humans are just built in a way that it's not as easy as just being like, here's the information, go do it. If that was the case, you know, we probably wouldn't all smoke and drink and, you know, yeah. eat bad food. It's just, <laughs> that's just not the human condition. And so you have to marry it with vision, intention, and, you know, identity type stuff, which is really important. I love the identity piece too, because I think so often you, you, when you're stuck in a habit, whether that be, I know for me, it was a lot of partying when I was in my younger ages. It was like, that was who I was. I was a fun girl. But if I could start to see myself as this, you know, wellness entrepreneur, and I started to tie that identity in, that's how I broke those habits was like building a new identity for myself of like, who do I actually want to become? So I love that you mentioned that it's like that vision, but also knowing that like, yeah, I'm still fun, (laughs) but I don't have to be that party girl. And I can tie that energy into a new identity and who am I building? Who am I creating today? I think that's really right. I think the other thing that I find is when I'm looking to make that identity change or to, you know, 
behavioral change in general, it's easy to shame and dislike the old part of us. And I think that ends up holding us back if we just like, are like, oh, I hate the party side of myself, or I hate the part of myself Mm. that is this or that. And, you know, it just really is an inhibitor for us to move forward. And actually what that part of us needs is to be understood, to be loved, to be expected, Mm -hmm. you know, accepted. I'm, I'm just somebody who believes very deeply in the somatic experience. And so um, at the end of the day, like, I think we're all just dumb animals. Like we, we think we're, we're so smart. And yes. We, we've done such great things, but oh my gosh, you know, yes. the, the reality of our physiology and of our like animalistic bodies are that, you know, our body doesn't know the difference between actually being in danger and stress from a social media post. Like it, it, it can't tell the difference between a lion actually attacking us in mm-hmm. a lot of cases and a stressful social media post. And so it's not to say that our, our bodies are bad, but we just need to like know them and we need to yeah. just have compassion to be like, actually, okay, my body needs to feel these things in order for me to work through them. And so I'm just someone who believes very heavily in our somatic experiencing and our ability to feel through emotions as a way to then kind of process trauma to, to, you know, make our way through life so that we're not so much elevated in a you know, fight or flight type of response. Mm -hmm. Instead, if you know how to take care of yourself and if you know how to, um, you know, allow those emotions to run through you, you can get back to literally a different nervous system. We have two nervous systems, folks. It's crazy. Like you have (laughs) fight or flight, which is totally different. It's like, let's fight, let's do something, let's run, let's freeze. And then there's a rest and digest. And that's the one that we're intended to be in. And if you actually go into nature and you look at, um, a deer, for example, uh, you know, a deer who experiences trauma, you know, they freeze up. And if the, the kind of danger subsides afterwards, you'll watch them shake it out. They literally mm-hmm. will shake that stuff from them. And so I just always find that so fascinating because we're not so different, you know, our bodies. And so just having that knowledge and, and getting like, we go back to the education, getting educated on that sort of stuff, I think empowers us all to just take more charge of how we're feeling. And that's ultimately what this breathwork app is trying to do. It's cracking the door open to help people like take care and take charge of how they're feeling throughout their day. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back. So when you started on this, your own personal journey, what were some of the tools that you brought in to help you connect to your body, shift your nervous system? What did that look like for you in that healing and that reconnecting to yourself? Yeah. I mean, the reality is it's a long process and it's something that took a lot of trial and error. I think, um, I actually, I don't really love it when people pretend that there's one way to solve for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. So maybe breath work is right for you. Maybe meditation is right for you. Maybe you love to go fishing and that's your way that you can like, you know, wind through and like reflect and just allow yourself to, um, feel better. And so for me, uh, I tried a lot of different modalities. I did a 10 day silent retreat. Um, and that was something that was very fascinating and renegotiated my relationship with silence and my body and all the different stories I had about myself. Um, but, but what I ended up, what ended up being the most impactful is, um, there's a group called every man, that focuses on men's emotional wellness. And I was able to uh, join them on a retreat where they kind of taught us the five major emotions 
and they helped us identify them uh, as feelings in our body. And then by using uh, a group to help us feel them deeper, it allowed us to let go of them. And so mm. it, it sounds simple, but for, for a guy like me, I grew up, you know, I played college football and I just was always very, um, I'd say traditionally masculine in that way. There wasn't many um, archetypes or people I could look up to that would be like, oh, uh, you know, you're allowed to feel, you're allowed to, you know, process this sort of stuff. And so that was something yeah. that was really, really helpful for me. And I ended up doing that. And I'm actually still in a men's group today that is kind of from that lineage, I guess, of, of just the guys getting together every week and, you know, holding space for each other and, and helping us kind of go deeper and let go of, uh, you know, the emotions that we might be holding on to for the week. I think that's so cool. And I think this, because just for perspective, a lot of the listeners are females. I know. <laughs> no, 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 but this is so powerful for someone like myself, who's, you know, there to know that there are, <laughs> this sounds so bad, all my limiting beliefs. I'm just going to share them right now, but there are other, there are men out there in this space doing this work. And I know there are men. I just, my community is very much so female and feminine. Um, I think this is, there, there are such cool tools and there are some men who listen to this podcast that I know are going to find this information we're sharing really helpful because I think about where I grew up, even as a female, I wasn't, I was shamed for feeling all my big emotions, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's to, to think that like you really, if we look at culture, men have that times 10, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, females have programming around feeling their emotions, but men really, I believe have even more and more layers of that to unravel and peel back and more shame around emotions and more shame around feeling the feelings. And so it's so cool to hear that there are these communities of men who are supporting each other in peeling back those layers and getting to the yeah. core. Yeah. And you know, that's to me, if we, we talk about root issues of things that are going on in this world, I think, you know, men not being able to feel their feelings might be right at the top of the list. And so that's yeah. my, my life's work is to help men uh, feel permission to start to take care of themselves in mm -hmm. their mental and emotional wellness. And I started a company that, that did that through workouts. Uh, now I'm doing it through breath work. And, and I know that I'll, I'll continue to, to work on that going forward. And, and just, just quickly for the, for the women out there who are looking to support men, I think um, it's, it's very much, um, an education for, for both genders where I think allowing understanding emotions in yourself so that you can then hold space for somebody is really important. And also just the biggest thing is, is shame. And it's like, if we can, if we can help to try to not shame, you know, certain guys for showing vulnerability or emotion, it's like, I think honestly, the way we solve this is the quicker that we get out that um, vulnerability is like one of the like sexiest or like a most attractive things that somebody can do. Like I, yes. I think that maybe we can start <laughs> getting more people. I've always wanted to like put a badge on a dating profile to see if, if somebody had like done emotional work. I always thought that would be like so yes. uh, smart. <laughs> well, and it is like, it is, it is sexy because let's be real. It is what creates real intimacy. And I don't think you can in whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship or whatever that dynamic looks like, you can't really have real intimacy without a level of 
of vulnerability, it just becomes really surface level and lonely. And that's why for me doing this work, it was like, I was just lonely. I was surrounded. I had a huge friend group. I had, a, you know, people around me all the time, but I felt so alone. And it was that not able to actually really connect with other human beings, not because there probably weren't. So I, I guarantee some of those people were open to it, but because I hadn't gone there to that level within myself and held space for my own emotion like that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I want to quickly just chat. What was the, I want to just, I want to hear out of my own curiosity. I know you started that other business that had like workouts and um, like a mental workout too, is what you had mentioned. What did that look like? What were those groups like just out of curiosity? Yeah. So I started a, a business called anchor and the, the central premise was that you know, we're all so busy and a lot of us can barely get time to go to the gym. And the reality though, is we know that as humans, health is more than just physical health. It's also mental, emotional, social wellness. I call that total health. And so I wanted to create a total health workout. And so, um, it was really fun. We, we, uh, started out at New York city in these co-working spaces where, Imagine like, you know, a Barry's class or some sort of boot camp style workout where you're doing circuit-based exercises, but you know, you start off the class with a breathwork session. You do five mm. to 10 minutes of breathwork to get yourself focused and ready for the workout. Uh, imagine every single workout had a theme to it, such as resilience. So the theme is resilience. And so during each set of exercises, you'd be asked a prompt to kind of have you think while you're working out, which is a little weird, but like, for example, like, you know, what's a time in your life where you're proud of how resilient you were. And so you'd think about that during the upper body section when mm. you know, you're doing push-ups or whatever it might be. And then I think this is the magic part is at the end of each section, you would actually stand across from somebody else and you would hold a squat or hold a plank. And you'd have 45 seconds each to share what came up for you around that prompt. So you'd just be like holding a plank and you'd be like, ah, uh, yeah. So the time I was most <laughs> proud of when I was resilient was when I was, uh, you know, in high school, da, 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 whatever it might be. And it's, I just, it found that like you talk about vulnerability, it allowed people to be vulnerable so quickly because they were focused on their physical body and they were here with someone else that they maybe don't know so well. And it was like, it just created this instantaneous connection. And it's like, we, we really put the group back in group fitness, which was interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and so we did that. We'd end with a meditation and, uh, you know, an intention going forward. And it was, it was fun. We, we, we did them in person COVID hit. We went online for a while and had a pretty decent community. And so, um, it's something that I still do on the side. Um, you know, I'll offer kind of group workouts and stuff like that. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was a fun experiment to really try to make the most out of our workout time. That's really what it comes down to and make it a total health workout. Well, I think that's so cool. Cause I know I haven't gone to a gym in a very long time, <laughs> but I just remember going to fitness classes and being like, I feel so uncomfortable here. Like, I don't know anyone I'm nervous. And to, I think what you're saying, it just allows you to see that everyone in the room is a human being. Everyone else mm -hmm. is coming with their own life experiences. Everyone else is maybe a little nervous to be there, you know, whatever that is and yeah. overcoming those challenges and those barriers to actually connecting with the people in the room. Totally. Yeah, no, it's, uh, 
<laughs> it was a very, very interesting time. And, and I think what was nice, especially during COVID, like imagine, think about those first months of COVID, how isolated you felt. Like we had a very, very thriving community where we were mm. connecting over Zoom a couple times a week, working out together, supporting each other. Everybody's going through something. And so, um, yeah, I was, I was really proud of us, especially in that, those early days of COVID when people I think really needed it. Yeah. So cool. Well, Brian, you've shared so much incredible little nuggets. I feel like our conversation has been one that's going to be eye-opening and enlightening for many. Is there anything that's coming through for you to share? Anything that you want to leave the audience with? Anything that you feel needs to be said? Well, I think uh, the thing that I'm very excited about looking forward is um, I, I want us to just think about the new world with COVID and how it is very much a digital world, but also physical, right? People are returning to work a little bit, mm. but probably looking for a hybrid. And I'm just imagining that applying to communities as well and to our workout spaces and our wellness. And what I'm really excited about is the other ship, which is what I'm working on is not only this breathwork app, but also we're building out these physical spaces so we're bringing, we're building out uh, kind of this sauna plus cold plunge plus breathwork type of experience where imagine going into this like brand new 50 person sauna with, uh, you know, great sound system and a facilitator who can lead you to like some light movement and some breathing to sweat it out. And then going into cold plunge, releasing whatever you're holding mm -hmm. on to, and then connecting with the people who are there. To me, I think the combination of those physical spaces plus the online community is kind of where the world is going. And yeah. it's just fun to imagine, especially people living nomadic lives where, you know, oh, I can go to another ship in LA or there's one in Miami or there's one in Toronto or London and like just kind of having this become something that is, is way bigger than any one app or one, uh, you know, location. We're just trying to redefine what it is like to have peak experiences and to have kind of conscious nightlife, whatever, you know, just imagine yeah. instead of going out for like a couple drinks on a Friday, you like get a group of friends and you go like have this deep, you know, sweat where you're connecting vulnerably with them and actually feeling deeper connection with them. And, you know, by the way, you'll need other people too. So yeah. we, we, we have our first location in Toronto. We're going to be coming hopefully to the, the U S very soon as well. So, um, that, that kind of future is, is very, exciting to me. I'm excited for it. I was telling Robbie yesterday, I was like, I can't wait for the Denver one. You guys put that one high on the list. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I add just, it yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think it'll be something really, really incredible. Yeah. And then Brian, is there anyone you, anywhere that you want to direct people, um, or anything that, you know, like website where, where can they find more on what it is that you're offering and other ship as well? Yeah. So if you're interested in Othership, um, you could just go to our website. It's othershiponeword.us. Um, you can also download the app on the app store. Uh, if you're interested in just hearing about me and breathwork and musings, I'm mostly on Twitter, but I'm also on Instagram. You could just look up my name, Brian Von Anken, uh, B-R-I-N, and then V-O-N-A-N-C-K-E-N. I know it's a long German name, apologies, but, uh, <laughs> we'll but I'm sure it in, the in the show notes, right? right. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. cool. Um, but yeah. 
Amazing. Well, thanks again for being here. We appreciate everything that you've shared with us today and have a wonderful day. Yes. Thank you as well. This has been great.